Hi, Signature Associates and friends. Welcome to the Signature Edge Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you design an uncommon and impactful career in the business of healthcare. Together, we are making a difference for our clients by lowering the rising costs and administrative burdens associated with great care. Engage with us as we spotlight big ideas to discover an uncommon you through leadership, teamwork, and focus on the healthcare industry. Think deeply, commit fully, and take yourself to the next level of performance. Welcome back, Signature friends, family, community, and everyone else. I am so glad that you decided to join us today on The Edge. Hey, my name is Mark Mathai, and I'm here with my co-host, Amy Hennings. Hi, Amy. Hi, Mark. And Chris Woodhouse. Hi, Chris. Hi, Mark. Hi, Amy. Hi, everybody. Isn't it great to get together again? And I've been thinking, every time we get together, I'm always so curious on what you're interested in. Because if people could listen to the pre-show of these things, um, not just our outtakes, which Addison throws in there, if you listen to the end of these episodes, if if you if you if you could hear what we talk about, it cracks me up. All right, so let's start with this. What's on your mind? I know what's on Amy's mind. <laughs> okay, guys, team, I'm obsessed with Travis and Taylor Swift. It's more than I can handle. I. Spent some quality time on Instagram last night, reading all the lip readers, all the hugging, all the whatever. I just absolutely love them. And my Chiefs made the Super Bowl on the 30th anniversary of me deciding to cheer for them. So I feel like this victory is for me. The Super Bowl is me. So go Chiefs. Yay. <laughs> Chris told me he's a negative four on the interest of Travis and Taylor. And I told him that it's going to get us comments on social media because exactly. Well, it wouldn't have, if you hadn't said anything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chris, but we got to know, like, like, come on, this is a love affair. This is royalty in the United States. So what's going on? How how can it be a negative four? I don't know. It's just, it's like, I don't watch football to see clips of, Taylor Swift every four seconds, every time something happens. It's like, even when Travis isn't even in the game, like he's on the sideline, they're like, show Travis, show Taylor, watch some football, show Travis, show Taylor. It's like, come (laughs) on. I don't need to see them every in between every play. It's okay. I know they're dating. It's great. Fantastic. Okay. Very good. So let's move on. Chris, Mm. what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? My favorite Taylor Swift song is whatever Jason Kelsey was screaming without his shirt when he ran in front of her on the camera. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. That was a highlight for me as well. That was the best part of their relationship. And the interview and the interview (laughs) afterwards when, when they, they do a podcast like we do and they were talking about it. And um, Travis was saying, you know, you, you kind of like took your shirt off in front of my girlfriend, jumped out of the booth and started holding up baby so she could wave to him. (laughs) he's like yeah i did that and he goes well weren't you going to make a good first impression he goes no no no. i always start out my worst impression that's exactly how i met my wife from there yeah well Well, my favorite was after the the afc championship when he saw his brother travis asked him if um he kept his shirt on this time and he goes i did i did (laughs) (laughs) well I, i i love that thanks thanks it'll be it'll be fun to watch what unfolds here chris by the way who's your favorite team well, I'm probably rooting for the Chiefs. 
I don't have a team. I just like okay. watching good football. Welcome, so, welcome to the Denver Broncos. I, you, <laughs> we, we think alike. Remember, I said good over. football, Mark. I said good <laughs> yeah, football. Yeah, I was going to say that. It's just bad football. <laughs> oh, fun! It was so fun. Well, I love that we're talking about football. I love that we're talking about pro football, because at the end of the day, one thing that all athletes have in common is a measure of discipline to do their work that really is rare in the rest of the world. I mean, to rise to the level of performance, like some of these great athletes, you have to have something special. And so what I want to talk about is like, how does this discipline that these athletes have, or we have every day when we come to work, translate to great leadership? And Amy, if you wouldn't mind, what are your thoughts when it comes to this discipline and great leadership? Well, I think discipline and great leadership really go hand in hand. One of my favorite leadership people or thought leaders is Craig Rochelle. And he always says that the best leaders are the most consistent and therefore usually are the most boring. They get up at the same time every day. They eat the same breakfast every day. They do the same workout. They go to, to the office at the same time. They come home at the same time. And he's like, it just boring but over time that's what great leadership is built on is really strong discipline so what you do most of the time becomes what you do all of the time and all those little things just build and build and build so I'm a, a huge proponent of it I'm not great at it I'm going to throw that out there um, but I try to track all my disciplines in my journal every day yeah, yeah, that's great, Amy. And and I think Craig Rochelle is a, a poster child for being that discipline, especially when you look at some of his leadership lives and some of the pursuits that he's had. Chris, when it comes to when it comes to your thought and thinking about discipline and leadership, where do you fall? What what impresses you and how do you make the connection? Well, I've rarely found great leaders who aren't disciplined, but I have found very disciplined people who aren't great leaders. So it's an interesting piece to what is it that you're being disciplined in, right? Uh, you know, I, I think pro athletes are a great example of that. Some of them are fantastic leaders, but these people have put a lot of time and effort into exercising, eating right, practicing their craft, right? But it doesn't necessarily make them a good leader. It's, it's interesting to think that if you can be disciplined in the wrong things, you might not see the results you want to see. So focused discipline becomes an important part of great leadership as well. Chris, you always knock at home because it's so important. I see many people who weren't great leaders, but were very disciplined. And so it's a tailspin. How, how do we, or, or how do, how, how do we balance that? Like, how do we know when our discipline is amplifying our leadership and how do we know when it's holding us back? Well, it's, I feel like I say this a lot, but I mean, self-reflection, right? Like, take a step back, is what I'm doing working? And one of the things I've seen with discipline that's so effective is building structure around it, right? Amy mentioned the routines concept of doing the same thing over and over and over. But, you know, people who are disciplined, especially in their eating, they're doing food preparation, right? People who are disciplined in their reading, they're researching which book they're going to read next while they're still reading their current book, right? These types of things, there's there's structure built around these discipline elements. They don't just wake up and go, today I'm going to be disciplined at X, Y, Z. Like there's planning, there's intentionality, there's effort. And then making sure that's directed towards your goals. And if your goals are to be great leaders, you know, make sure they're they're all in synergy with one another. Oh, that's so good, Chris. Amy, I, you know, Chris, when you were talking, I was thinking about, Amy, what does it mean 
to have discipline in your communications. And, I'm, and, and I want to go back to a little bit on Claims XM with you, Chris, but for Amy, what does it mean to have discipline in your communications? And in particular, how do you do that when there's a lot going on or there's, you know, a lot of tension? How do you keep discipline in the communication process? Yeah, it's a it's a great question because communications have different phases um, or different seasons, if you will. You can have you standard communications that you do every week at Signature. We're really disciplined about making sure we get out certain communications at certain times every week. And that's really critical because people come to expect it. I'm telling you, we miss a day, they tell us. And that helps people know that we're we're always there. They're not missing anything and that it's they're they're in the know. I think when you, Mark, you implied maybe some more crisis communication, it's really what you you say, what you know, when you know it, and what the action item is and when they'll hear from you next. And I think that keeping your, once you start keeping promises in your communications, that's when you, that discipline of doing what you say you're going to do helps people um, feel like that communication is really credible. And I think keeping you know, it's communications are fascinating because everyone thinks they're really, really good at it. And I think that that becomes the discipline there is how do you take a ton of input in and then streamline it into what you know without making sure everyone's included? Because sometimes um, you get into a situation where you have 15 opinions, 15 doomsday situations that come your way. And you have to pick which lane you think is most likely without getting out of balance. And I think that's one of the hardest parts about crisis communications is you get into kind of a, you got to stay out of adrenaline mode because then you react too hard to all the impact coming in. And that's where you got to really understand what, hey, make a decision, keep your decision, keep your promises to your recipients. Mm, that's so good, Chris. And 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 back at you now. When it comes to technology and advancing and and even processing claims, claims XM, all of that. I love what you said. And you have to be disciplined in kind of the feedback loops and stuff like that. How how do you manage a build like that and and help make sure that we're on target, moving at a pace and yet not getting stuck along the way? How does discipline play out in that? A big piece of it is looking forward and looking backward at the same time, which, um, you know, part of that for me is every morning, you know, before we have our 8 a.m. call, I'm on looking at reports, assembling metrics, making sure the numbers are moving in the right direction, comparing them to yesterday's numbers, comparing them to last week's, comparing to last month's, right? Because, you know, the the numbers are your data. They're, they're telling you what's going on. And having all the information before you get into the call where you're setting people in specific directions for activity is critical. You know, if you, if I were to go into that call and we, we do this call every day, 8 a.m., hey, what's our priorities? What are our new tickets we need to address? What changes are coming down the pipe? Every day um, we're, we're on this call. And if I get on that call and I don't know where we stand with the system from a batch standpoint on what did the claims do last night and they, where are our numbers, I'm blind, right? Like I don't know how to direct folks. I don't know what do we need to focus on? What's what's going right? What's going wrong? And so having that data in front of you, having the 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 complete picture so that when you have to make decisions, when you have to direct folks, when you have to pivot, which happens a lot, um, you can be confident you're pivoting in the right direction. 
Mm, that's so good. And I love that we broke it down to some real practical actions. And about now, you're going to chime in and say, Mark, why are you asking so many questions and you're not contributing? And so let me just get it on the table. I don't think I'm great at discipline. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think I'm really good at fun. And so when if we look at my Clifton strengths, activators, one of them, I will get going and then kind of figure it out as we go. I mean, I want the proposal being written as we develop the product, if that makes sense. However, I respect it because I remember we had um, a Navy SEAL named Alden Mills come to campus. And Alden uh, was a great tactical leader and he had an acronym for leadership. He called it the CARE acronym, which was CONNECT achieve, respect, and empower. And what I love about Alden and that is he said, all that we do in the Navy SEALs to be a successful team revolves around those four, four elements of connecting, achieving, respecting, and empowering. And to me, each one of those is a discipline. And I love when he said self-discipline is a hammer that shapes the iron will. And so I know that this, this discipline is so key to everything that we do. And so I have to say, that although I I outwardly kind of think discipline is a bit like a uh, a fenced yard that I can't leave, I also respect it and value it. And one of the things I like, which Chris you you touched on, is the after action review. My discipline is an after action review because I like to spring to action. I always like to have that after action so I can get the data, get the information, get what I know. But I do think that in some real ways for all of us, whether we think we like discipline or not, or we're really good at it, average or bad, that is one of the foundational elements to great leadership if you're doing important work. I think you, you hit on something really big there, Mark, in that we all have discipline at something, right? You know, be it we get up and we eat food for breakfast, right? There are things in our lives that we are doing in a regimented pattern. Whether we think we're disciplined or not, we are at some point, right? There is some element there that is, you know, for those of us who don't feel as strong in those things, the question is, how do we build more of it, right? Because that discipline, it generates outcome, it generates performance. And it doesn't, I don't necessarily mean just for work, for life, for family, for everything, Right. Having that consistency, like Amy said, but building on that discipline, it it produces. And I, I remember listening to an interview of Kobe Bryant. And he was talking about, you know, his practice regime. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he'd go and he'd practice with the team for a couple hours every day. And then they'd leave and he would practice another couple hours by himself. And two hours of practice isn't going to change the game of basketball for anyone. But two hours a day over three, four, five, 10, 20 years makes a massive difference, right? As those hours are collected together. And that really struck home for me. I'm coaching my daughter's volleyball team. And, you know, I know these girls from the last season and I know a lot of them wanted to play varsity. And so um, they, they've told me that I wanted to play varsity and they made JV and that was great. They, they played well in JV, but I asked them point blank in practice, like, Hey, how many of you guys practice this week? Like be, in between practices, you guys got to work this stuff on your own. Not a single hand was raised. And I was like, but you guys told me you wanted to be on varsity. How are you going to achieve a varsity position if you don't practice your game? And hopefully that's sunk in for them. But I'll be asking that of them multiple times this season and see who's changing their habits to, to really realize their goals. I think that that is really excellent, Chris, because when I think about the performance difference that we have here at Signature, 
I think of doing our duties and then just that little bit more. And, and by little bit more, it's just that active engagement. It's that extra 10% accumulated over time that has a compound effect. And so oftentimes we think about career pathing or, or growing our career. And it's that discipline of the little bit more that tends to reward people in their career path at signature performance. And so it's that, it's that concept of we have this job. And this is what our responsibilities are. As we expand it, grow it, nurture it, kind of branch out, solve other problems, bigger problems, we can then be rewarded for that. But in the absence of that, we can't will it to happen. That's called luck. And that's just different. But when you take that extra 10%, apply it to your craft, become a master at your blank, whatever it is you're doing, then all of a sudden you begin to click forward in that. You know, there was a story about making your bed. And Amy, can you kind of walk us through the discipline of that? Yeah, Mark. One of the speakers that always stuck with me was Admiral William McRaven. He gave a speech to, a, I think it was like a West Point grad commencement. So we're talking high discipline, high impact, high performance people. And he gave one solid piece of advice, make your bed. And it is pretty famous and we can put a link to it in the show notes, but it stuck with me because his point was, if you start the day with a discipline that is an achievement, you will continue to use that habit all day long. And so I, I, I actually, we, we talk about this on our team every once in a while. I'll re like remind me who makes their bed in the morning. It's always funny who um, puts their hand up, but that's where I think it's something so interesting when you have that um, start your morning with an achievement instead of the snooze button. Mm -hmm. That's what difference does that make? And the other person I've been listening to a lot, Mel Robbins does a whole podcast episode about morning routines. And it was really fascinating. She did the science of the snooze button. And it is really interesting because what happens is you actually hit that snooze button. If you fall back asleep, your body actually stays in sleep for 90 more minutes. So you're actually extra groggy instead of you just got up and started with your day and she has things like you shouldn't drink coffee till two hours after you've been up which i think is fascinating that's me i i did that already and i didn't realize that that actually helps you um maximize the caffeine and get the caffeine working just right in your head if you people who go straight to the coffee pot in the morning actually mess up with their biology and i it's just really really fascinating just how that morning routine is such a basis for your day. And I think so. I think everyone should make their bed. Okay, who on uh, podcasts, who makes their bed? Is there, am I the only one? Uh, my wife's, my wife's still in it when I leave, so. Uh, <laughs> it's just me. I'm the last up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I do that. Um, yeah, I, I do that. And and I would apply that to other things too. Like, like it's funny. So here's where I, here's where I break the rules. Uh, the alarm feels like a discipline that boxes me in. So I really prefer to wake up naturally. Now, it's really hard in Nebraska when the sun doesn't come up real early because I can rise with the sun. I get tired when it goes down, but that's a real pain for me. So I have to, I have to, you know, I have to do it, um, but I would much prefer not doing it. Why don't you get a hatch alarm clock, Mark? Well, you know, I thought about that and and we should probably mention the value of a happy light too. 
I love my happy light, <laughs> but I really love my hatch alarm clock. I wake up to the tropical sunrise every yeah. morning yeah, and then I hear the ocean and then I go, time to get up. Yeah, I, I I do. And and now that we've mentioned the hatch alarm clock, I do think uh, producer Addison should reach out and get our endorsement. Every <laughs> endorsement we give somebody, hundred dollars. get a promo code. Exactly. No, <laughs> highly recommend. And the happy light. I, I sit with my happy light every morning for 30 I minutes. Too. I do the happy light. Yep. And it is um, really, really fun to sit there. It's like become one of my favorite parts of the day. Yeah, I can sit there with my with my light and get that sun feeling. Yeah. And, and sometimes, I mean, we get to work closely together, and and you know, I'm very fortunate to work with champions. But there are some times when I have to give Amy an assignment to go find that light. Um, it just helps make our day. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, now let's get back to our. All right, so so our listeners are sitting there going, "Okay, this is great. I, I'm sold. I get it. Discipline's important. That kind of thing." Team, it's list time. Let's let's think about how we can build and offer advice to help build discipline on a team. So we know it's the foundation. We we know it's important. We've discussed ways vocationally that we use it. We know how, you know, it might show up different for everybody. But what three to five things would you suggest we begin in order to help our teams and the people we lead lean into this concept and experience the benefit of discipline? Well, first I would say, look at your goals. We've talked about goals before and look at your goals and say, what are my goals and what can I do 15 minutes every single day to move me a little closer? You know, you'd be amazed at what 15 minutes a day can do for you over time. You know, I heard a guy say, if you read 15 pages on butterflies a day in 90 days, you'll be one of the world's experts on butterflies. Like it's it's that much, that exponential. So 15 minutes towards your goal, whatever it might be, above and beyond normal. Well, I'll throw out one for, for all those who hate routines. Like I think routines are like a big trap. Uh, I will say spice up your routines. And so here's what I mean. Like every day I go through my morning routines, which is like shaving. It's boring to me. So I have to do something to make it exciting. So what do I do? I buy uh, a, a shaving brush where I can lather on. I get the old fashioned shaving cream. I make it a complete experience. So if you're stuck and you don't like routines and you've kind of like resisted it, I would just say, add a little spice to it. I was bored taking a shower in the morning. So I replaced my shower head this weekend with a brand new one with all different functions. Why? Because I know it's a routine that's better for my coworkers and myself if I get up and indulge in that. And now I have a new something to look forward to and it changes my perspective on those routines. So my recommendation is spice up those routines if you're the kind that get bored with them. My advice is to track your routines. Nothing's better than checking off that you took your vitamins every day. Nothing's better than checking off that you took the stairs instead of the elevator twice. I think track it because then what's really cool is in 30 days, you can be like, oh my gosh, I took the stairs 60 times. That's fun. And you can start seeing progress and you can start remembering when you started what it felt like to now. Mm, very good. Okay. And so let's end with this one. How do we help our teams have a mindset of discipline? Now, mindset's different. So what could we do to help people kind of engage in a new way of thinking about discipline as a friend rather than an enemy? I'd say read Atomic Habits if you haven't read it yet. 
there's some there's some deep thoughts in that book that really give you a why on why to change some of those routines and and bring in more discipline. If you haven't read it, read that. It's a great book. I would say make it fun. You know, we have some routines on our team that I don't know if they necessarily feel like routine to everybody. Um, we name stuff funner than probably it actually is. So we start our Mondays with big three. What are the big three things we're going to accomplish this week? Everyone makes that commitment to each other on Monday. Um, I just think that sounds so much better. We do creative jams instead of weekly check-ins. And I think that that's one way as a leader where you can um, make it super simple that people know what they're showing up for. Um, even if they get a little bored, I know my team gets a little bored with some of our meetings, but the routine of it is important. And I think that's something you can do. And and I would also say in, in that regard is recognize discipline when you see it and reward that behavior. So as a team leader, when you see someone acting with some discipline and vigor in their work, make sure you say something because somehow Kobe Bryant, to Chris's example, he used at the beginning, he understood the value of what he was doing. And, and yes, you have self-motivation to do it, but then when it's recognized from the outside, maybe it's the younger players, maybe it was when um, you know Kobe felt his game uh, began to get a little bit less than perfect, that he inspired everyone else around him to be that much better because he probably dug in and used that. So I, I would just say recognize that um, positive behavior when you see it. Well, friends, this has been an excellent conversation, very well disciplined, by the way, besides a small talk and jokes at the beginning and a little bit of a Taylor Swift uh, bashing and love affair. We have enjoyed being together. So to all of our listeners, thank you so much for being part of the Signature Edge and coming on this journey with Chris, Amy, and myself. Uh, we look forward to next week. And until we get back together again, focus on one thing you can do to help add discipline to your daily routine. Team, thanks so much for sharing time with me. I appreciate you. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Amy. Bye, everyone. I'm making y'all friendship bracelets. We'll see you next time. Signature Performance is the foremost leader in healthcare administration. Your work advancing our mission is transforming healthcare in the U.S. Signature is bringing together the best and brightest in healthcare. Discover opportunities at www.signatureperformance.com slash careers and be inspired to build an uncommon career that matters.